Hello, you're listening to People, Pets, and Vets with Dr. Brad Miller and Registered Veterinary Technician Angel Martin. Hey, everyone. Each week, we bring you current events and news in the veterinary industry and share our thoughts and perspective on how they impact us in our animal hospital. We also try to give you an insight and behind-the-scenes glance at our clinic and the people in it. This episode 48 is being brought to you once again by Georgia Veterinary Associates, a family of animal hospitals caring for your family pet. And once again, we're in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Um, yeah, okay day today, I guess. Yesterday was dreary, rainy, pretty yeah. pretty nasty, but kind of typical for us. And uh, not a whole lot going on. Um, we are recording this before the Super Bowl. Did you realize the Super Bowl is... I did. I'm working tomorrow okay. um, as a technician, so yeah, I did realize that the Super Bowl is tomorrow. Do you know who's playing in it? The Saints and somebody else? Okay, Seahawks? No. no. I no. don't know. Okay. I don't know. Uh, Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs. Go Chiefs. And uh, 49. Yeah, go Chiefs. Go my homies. So um, do you have a prediction on who's going to win since you didn't even know who was playing? Uh, Chiefs. Okay. I have a prediction. What's your prediction? I think I predicted um, maybe the SEC championship loss of Georgia and something else. But I am hoping and I'm predicting that the Kansas City Chiefs are going to win. I think they're going to win by maybe maybe three or four points, maybe a little bit more, but less than a touchdown. So they're, they're favored by like a point and a half. So we'll see if that prediction comes true or not. Um, Historically, at work, uh, Super Bowl Sundays are, are relatively slow for us because everyone's busy. Yeah, busy so. planning for the day. So yeah. uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, you uh, or hopefully you did jinx us, and we'll be super busy. Yeah, we'll see. With with well pets and whatnot. I so. do know that we usually turn the game on in the lobby just for people that do come in and that kind of thing if they want to watch it. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. All the pregame, right? So. Yeah. Cool. What time does the game start? Uh, 6.20, I believe. Yeah, so we'll have the news coverage and whatever yeah. going on. So, yeah. big day, big day. Uh, some of my family members are out in Las Vegas uh, getting ready for the big game. Oh, so, Super Bowl celebration. Super Bowl celebration. So, Fun. We don't uh, really do anything at my house. I don't. Nope. Never? Do eh. you ever go anywhere? Lance and I either? used to go to like football, like viewing parties or whatever and when we lived in michigan and had more friends but um no <laughs> <laughs> well, sorry about that um so <laughs> no worries um so can i bring up something real quick yes. and it's not in your thing to talk about at all but this coronavirus so i heard about it on mostly the radio coming to and from work and I thought it was kind of funny at first when I saw it that corona the alcoholic beverage has put out ads basically like you cannot get coronavirus from from drinking a corona drinking, drinking corona wow so however from what i understand there have been almost 200 people in china that have died of this right. and we see coronaviruses in pets yep um as far as i understand in most pets and correct me if i'm wrong they're not always deadly correct so usually in young children it's a, an enteric uh, GI kind of a uh, clinical signs, and that's typically what we see in dogs as well. Mm -hmm. uh, but there is a coronavirus that affects cats, uh, or there is a virus that affects cats called FIP, feline infectious peritonitis, which is technically a coronavirus. So, so it causes different clinical signs in cats, you know, than than a similar 
or another coronavirus in dogs would cause. So I guess I'm, I'm a little bit naive in this whole situation, but I, I recently read that China has demanded, like it is now required that every Chinese domestic pet is to be slaughtered or euthanized. What? We're talking pets in the millions. What? Where did you read or hear this? There... So I saw this on the internet. Um, oh, it must be true. Then. Of course, right? But that's where I get all my information. But literally, so this was like late last night or whatever. They decided that pets are being infected with this disease as well, and so they think that there's a link somehow, and that all of these pets are being culled together, and they're all going to be slaughtered. So I'm not sure about that, especially the domestic aspect. I don't, I don't always like. I don't watch the news twenty out of twenty four hours a day, and so I kind of pick up things here and there. My understanding is they think the origin of this corona, coronavirus outbreak uh, was in an area of China where it, there was a lot of unregulated uh, exotic type of pets that were being brought together and sold and or traded. Is that your understanding? Do you I, know? I don't know exactly where the origin came from. I have, I've not really looked into it at all, but when you see these like alarming headlines like, all domestic pets set to yeah. be euthanized. And like literally the article that I'm reading from Euro Weekly, um, I pulled it up again on my phone, but it is literally anticipating um, pets in the numbers of pets, the amount of pets that are going to be killed are estimated to be in the millions. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think they would. that would be... That's super uh, radical yeah, to me. Yeah, it's kind of radical at this point. But, you know, it, it's certainly a newsworthy story. I think it's, and hopefully it's being blown out of proportion. Um, I do believe more people have died in the U.S. of influenza than people over there or here have died of coronavirus. And so... However, so the doctor's office, my mom was telling me that um, there, when she went to the doctor recently, there was a plastic laminated sign at the front that says, if you or someone in your family has recently traveled to China, two week quarantine, take one of these and tell your physician. Yeah. And it was a face mask. Yeah. And so that's interesting. So obviously there is some real scare with it. Yeah. And, and so in people again, obviously not, I'm human, but not an MD. Um, it is more of respiratory sense, uh, symptoms, kind of flu-like, mm -hmm. fever, cough, shortness of breath. Um, so I am going to somewhat liken it to uh, influenza. Most people aren't going to die from influenza. Uh, it's usually the very young or the very old, the feeble. Uh, although I think a week ago I read an article about a, it was like in middle or south Georgia, um, early 20, mid 20 year old uh, male, I think it was a firefighter and he died of, of influenza flu really yeah so you never know you yeah. never know and i think there's probably a lot of other complicating uh factors out there but yeah. yeah can you imagine so even before this um in china and other areas right around there the the face mask that people wear mm -hmm. um gosh what a what a great business to be in right now over there selling face masks because i bet they are oh i was like wow healthcare or yeah, pet care because yeah, it doesn't sound no. like either I just think it's super sad. And I, how do I say this? I am definitely like, I do respect animals being animals and that human life is valued at a higher, right. um, I guess, totem, if you will. Um, 
But for the Chinese government to come and tell people like you must euthanize your that comes to your pat. domestic animal, I agree. I, I, I agree. That's that just sh- sad. Shouldn't that's uh, jump the gun a little bit. So let's see how that kind of plays, plays out. out. It may be more uh, more of the fact that uh, all the other traded animals, these exotic types, like I'm speaking of. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully okay. that's what it is. Yeah. So we'll continue to kind of follow the coronavirus in China. Yeah. So. Um, All right. Word of the week. Word of the week. Last week was urticaria. Urticaria. The Raised, one before that, do you remember? Sialoadenectomy. Uh, uh, Sialoadenectomy. <laughs> that's funny. Um, <laughs> so this week's word, uh, the source for the word of the week this week is Dr. Danny Hines, one of our associates here. And she told me this a couple of days ago that she had learned a new word. Let's talk. Oh, what is it? And she said, rhinorrhea. I said, excuse me? And she (laughs) said, rhinorrhea. Do you know what that is? And I kind of had an idea because, you know, this discussion. As we've discussed. As we've discussed Latin. and The root words. uh, The root words. And so, you know, she took her kid in. um, I guess he's been unfortunately kind of sick the last couple of months and uh she took her kid in for uh this i don't know fever cold and he had uh quite a bit of nasal discharge and so the physician you know said oh got the history i guess did the exam and diagnosed him with rhinorrhea so it's a diagnosis it's not just a symptom it's an actual diagnosis well no Okay, said he had rhinorrhea, and she okay. kind of looked at him funny. He's like, yeah, you know, copious nasal discharge. And so uh, we just don't use that. So the interesting thing about this story is, as if that wasn't interesting enough, um, she had told Dr. Connor this the day before, or maybe the morning before. Mm-hmm. And um, Dr. Connor and I had the same, I guess, analogous word. Um, and do you know what, what that was? Because we were like, oh, yeah, rhinorrhea, copious nasal discharge. That makes sense, just like... Diarrhea? Well, that's the obvious choice. Okay. But she and I, for some reason, both said, oh, like gonorrhea. Gonorrhea. <laughs> and Dr. Hines just looked at me like, yeah, that's what Dr. Connor said, too. That's so and weird. Like, oh, and diarrhea. So I am a bit naive. What is gonorrhea other than an STD? It is an STD. I fortunately know about as much as you know but i mean so, so with Rhea being like copious co- dis- yeah, discharge like i'm gonna i'm gonna look it okay. up real quick okay um we're, we're gonna move on while you're looking it up okay because this is about animals and the people that work on animals uh, so maybe maybe we could find a relation but anyway um we always try to talk about an interesting case of the week and nothing super strange this week um did see a, a little dog that I'm going to talk about uh, that had grade four periodontal disease. And for those of you who don't really know what that means, we classify dental, dental health and dental disease uh, into grades. And we have talked about this before, actually. We have. So stage one or grade one, it, it, it means the same thing. Stage one dental disease is what? I don't know. <laughs> dental tartar is what we say. 
Oh my gosh. Say, okay, this is going to be educational for you. Stage two. So that's where I was going. So dental stage disease. one. So stage one, okay, I get it. Is tartar, plaque buildup. Two is gingivitis. So where you see the pink gum line. Yes, tartar and in gingivitis. In addition to, yes. Three is where we really do get into periodontal disease. And so. So three is technically, you can't really diagnose it without a, a true oral exam. Typically. And, um,. You may think it's stage two, but once you get in there, you have recession of the gum line, some uh, compromising of the periodontal ligament, and right. some infection and inflammation. And you're looking for some probing. You're looking at the, mm -hmm. the recession of the bone and that kind of thing as well. And you may have um, a little bit of bone loss as well. And then stage four is as long as we take it. Right. Uh, so tartar, gingivitis. Inflammation. Bone loss, inflammation, loss of periodontal ligament, Usually oftentimes purulent discharge, mobility, yeah, some pus along the gum line. So it's the nasty of the of the nasties, and so um, that's what we had this week. A little dog that I think we wound up leaving four teeth in her mouth. Uh, I think she kept one of her canines and one of, uh, or actually three of her lower incisors and every other tooth in her mouth was rotten and removed. And so we did have Jen come down and just shoot a little video of me extracting like the lower right arcade. And, um, uh, there was one tooth at the end of the little video that I struggled with a little bit. It was, um, a two rooted premolar mm -hmm. that was more technically stage three. Uh, but every other tooth, including the canines and the, the big M1, uh, just took extraction forceps, grabbed a hold, two, three, four, five wiggles, and out came the tooth. Right, so very limited torque. So on the contrary, like let's say that there is a young, healthy dog that has a fractured tooth that needs to be extracted, and it's a two-rooted. You typically have to section it out yeah. and then work pretty diligently and yeah. kind of pick the bone away. Uh, yeah, or drill the bone away. Elevate the gingiva off, and then you yeah, take an elevator and start slowly trying to break down that periodontal yeah. ligament. So it's truly um, like oral surgery at that exactly. point. Exactly. Versus this, where the teeth are so diseased, the bone is so decayed that yeah. the teeth are essentially falling out of the mouth. Yeah. We, we, so, we've joked before, you can, you, know, you can almost thump the teeth out, and some of these were, were kind of in that shape. So. Um, so one of the questions that clients always have, whether their dog has one tooth extracted or multiple teeth extracted is how are they ever going to eat again? Right. So first of all, how many teeth do dog dogs have? Oh, you're putting me on the spot. It's either 42 or 48. I think it's 42. I think it's 42. And then, so typically the way I try to explain to people is they don't use all their teeth when, when eating their front teeth or their incisors are really just kind of for gripping. Right, for and pulling. so if they mm -hmm. lose those teeth in your younger or your, your smaller toy breed dogs, eh, I mean, they don't have to use those teeth to pick up food or that kind of thing, right. but you probably wouldn't see them like pulling on a, a stuffed animal or whatever, because those those yep. teeth are no longer there. And then the canine teeth or fangs, as some people call, those are more for like ripping and shredding. Mm -hmm. So more wild animal type of right. necessary skills. Um, so most of the teeth that dogs use for chewing are those back premolar and, and molars. Yeah. And so those are also the ones that typically are diseased in our bigger dogs. Right. Um, and so typically if they lose them on one side, they can chew on the other, but also most dogs and cats don't necessarily chew to the degree to grinding we like yeah. we do. They're eating so kibble, they're yeah, eat. and then they, they, they crunch down on it once. It tends to shatter or if they're on soft food. So, so yeah, great point. Um, the fact is we never or I never, ever worry about 
pulling too many teeth. If they need to come out, they need to come out. And I always also kind of tell our owners that um, if you had a rotten tooth in your mouth and it's mobile and every time you bit down on it, that's super painful. Mm -hmm. And there's also infection there. So we definitely want to get that tooth removed and the pets across the board always feel better and usually it's about day three yeah once we they hear get over people, a bit of the soreness they're like oh my gosh i've got a new i've got a new dog exactly they're like oh yeah i sick a puppy again so yeah um, if we have to pull every tooth not a big deal a lot of those pets can still actually eat dry kibble believe it or not uh, and if they can't then we'll just put them on on soft or wet food and they will have a nice happy rest of their life gotcha so uh Dental Health Month is always February in the veterinary industry, so we are in February. Um, at our clinics, we do offer a $50 discount during the month, but we also offer a $50 discount during every month because every month is dental month. If, you, if we recommend that your pet needs a dental cleaning and evaluation, right. then we want we want you to schedule it. It's important. Um, it the, the more, and I've been doing this for quite a long time, but the more I do... Uh, think about it and look at the the effects of not having proper oral health care for your pet. It, it's just something we need to prevent it versus treating it with extractions. So mm-hmm. I'll leave it at that. Sure. Um, along those lines, yesterday I watched a little video about a new piece of equipment I'm kind of excited about. I've been looking at this for the last maybe three or four years. Okay. And um, it is the IM3 Vet Tome which is a periotome. Mm-hmm. So it's an instrument that you basically can minimize the surgical approach to extracting a tooth by minimizing the, the gingival flap and having to take all this bone off the root so that we can get these teeth out. Um, this is typically, so this is not the stage four right. that we're talking about, but it's the fractured canine tooth with the, the uh, pulp or root canal exposed that's painful. Mm-hmm. Uh, those can be really, really tricky. And so this is just a little jackhammer type of an instrument that you put along the, the gingival surface um, and, the, and the tooth at an angle, and it just goes in and breaks down that periodontal ligament to loosen it up so that it's easier to get out. So we are going to be at a large uh, veterinary conference in the next month or so, and I definitely want to kind of check that out and uh, probably going to make a purchase there. So so interesting that you are super excited about purchasing that after all these years. Yeah, well, I'm just, uh, I think I'm more educated, and I think it would be very beneficial. Sure. Um, so uh, for, for us, removing the teeth and also for the patient, less, sure. less traumatic and yeah. less, less uh, you know, damage to the, the tissues there. So um, anything else about clinic news? I don't think so. Um, I guess kind of little asterisks on that $50 dental month discount and $50 compliance discount. We have had people ask if they can double them. And, uh, that's unfortunately, that's not the idea of the discount. Um, the idea is compliance. So for those people that you have recently had your pet in and seen one of our veterinarians and your veterinarian has recommended a dental cleaning, if you schedule it, then there's a $50 discount. discount, If people want to wait all year for a discount in February, which is historically what people have done. They can do that as well. Yeah. Yes, you can do that, but it's, it's still $50. And so no, we don't allow doubling up just kind of to clarify. So, all right. Couple of news stories. Um, (laughs) You shared with me that Ozzy Osbourne is in an ad to discourage cat declawing, 
And I'm pretty sure this is an ad put out by PETA. PETA. Uh, who should we give our opinion on PETA or should we not? Um, I think PETA serves a lot of great things, but I do also think they're a bit of a leftist. Can be a bit radical. Yeah. At times. So this is a poster with Ozzy Osbourne, you know, which I'm not even going to talk about their choice of spokespeople. I don't have anything really against him. But in the image, we see his fingers cut off at what appears to be... It looks yeah, like it's the, per- it's, the it's, first, yeah. It's the distal tip of his finger, um, which is technically the joint in a cat. Um but in a cat, it is just the claw, not so, tissue. If we're being honest, so the picture is kind of interesting because they left his his pinky fingers intact. Yes. And I guess to show you the, the that, size. That's where his rings are. I guess it's, is it to show you like truly the effect of, of removing that, that yeah. one joint? I don't know. But if those are truly his pinkies, they're really, really short. So, so are the rest of his fingers, which is why it took you a minute to notice that mm-hmm. it's just the first knuckle that they took off of his finger and then there's blood coming out and he's just staring straight it's ahead. very descriptive yeah so and, uh, it says never declaw a cat it's an amputation not a manicure yes so uh which is absolutely true i 100 percent agree with that remind me your so i agree with the fact that it is an amputation not a manicure but i don't necessarily agree with the word never Okay, so I was about to go with, we have talked about some things in the past, and like you and I didn't 100% disagree, or didn't 100% agree. I was a little bit old school in my thought process, and I was trying to get better. Was this one of those things? It is, actually. So we've talked about declawing um, probably late last year, early into our podcast last year, because there were a bunch of groups that kind of came through and said, like, declawing is, is now banned in, in some states, New right. York being one of them. So... Um, and so I think it's interesting. And so if you read this article that PETA and um, Ozzy Osbourne are kind of in, they go on to say, like, if your couch is that much more important than your cat, then you don't deserve to have an animal. So, right. There, again, there's all this black and white and all the gray in between. So my stance still is I am not going to recommend it on every cat. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I will do a proper declaw procedure uh, which includes a lot of pain management and then very good surgical technique so mm-hmm. that we don't have problems afterwards uh, that's you know asterisks that's that's key in my opinion right if you do the the declaw procedure incorrectly then you can have lifelong effects from that uh, so the key is to 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 do it the proper way so also in the article I guess PETA put out a statement that when you declaw a cat you're causing nerve damage and lifelong pain and I disagree, disagree. with that because yeah. you know we remove uh, entire digits or partial digits, entire limbs, tails. on dogs as well, and we don't see the what people call like Fam. amputee aggression. You know, yeah. like the cats that have been declawed are now just biters because they're always in pain. I 
and again, again, there is technique, right? So find a good surgeon, um, if that's the case. Um, but we do offer them a really good pain control here and it is a very rare procedure that we do within our practices, but we, we do it, but we do educate people before we try all other options, oftentimes including the, the little, what are the tips that go over the claw, the soft claws, soft paws. Uh, but sometimes you try everything and, and, and you still have a cat that's scratching an owner or tearing up the house. And so my opinion is I would rather that cat stay with that owner and take the claws out of the picture if that's the problem versus that cat being turned into the local humane society. Certainly. Or better yet, the cat being euthanized. And so um, it's all about the why and everything we do every day. And so that's kind of our, our stance on that. Last story, and then I think we probably need to wrap it up. Um, back related to the Super Bowl, hopefully everyone listening was able to watch the Super Bowl and saw the commercial with Scout the Golden um that related the story um of of scout's owner david david mcneil basically has has a seven-year-old golden retriever named scout and he uh david mcneil is the founder and ceo of weathertech which is a car accessory company and so long story short the story reads that his dog was diagnosed with an ag- um, it just says life-threatening cancer. Life-threatening cancer. I think it probably was uh, hemangiosarcoma uh, on the heart base is my my guess. And uh, he was told that his pet would only live another year. And he just did not accept that. And so he wound up taking the pet where? Uh, University of Wisconsin. To the veterinary school there. Mm-hmm. And I think they basically... They did chemo and radiation. Chemo, radiation. Were... Yeah, I'm not sure if they did anything more invasive. If they did like, you know, thor- thoroscopy, I'm not sure. Yeah, um, the article doesn't really go that far. But it does say that with chem- with aggressive chemo and radiation, they were able to eradicate the tumor. Right. So, um, and, you know, he's just trying to, I think, thank the vet school there, but also bring up awareness. You know, we've talked about pets get cancer too. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are some therapies. Uh, Unfortunately, um, they're not always 100% successful as far as letting the pet live a completely normal lifespan. But I think we could say the same thing about people. Certainly. And then um, this whole, uh, uh, what is the the movement? Is it One Health? It is One Health. One yeah. Health. So, you know, uh, the animal industry working with the human people industry, as far as healthcare, we try to learn from each other and certainly, uh, you know, research into cancer, uh, what does work in animals sometimes that, that, that is passed on into the human field. Mm-hmm. One example that I can think of is the treatment for dry eye in people, um, uh, which uh, is cyclosporine. That came from the animal uh, research, uh, actually, that was done at the University of Georgia. Sure. By Dr. Caswan. So, yeah, there's actually a quote in the article that says that a lot of, um, so the, the art, the, from what I understand, the 30-second piece is basically like about the dog's survival, but it's really trying to educate people into donating to research yeah, um, yeah. through veterinary medicine because there is a quote in there that um, there's not there's not a lot of people that know that globally, like a lot of the treatments that we have for humans started in the veterinary world originally. 
but yeah, lots of good, lots of good in that little uh, ad. You know, cancer awareness, veterinary research, vet schools, uh, advanced medicine. We yeah. always kind of bring in some of the advanced things that we do. Um, just you know, not everybody can afford that that type of care. And what did he spend? Six million on the ad? Is on that- the ad. Yeah, it doesn't say what he spent on the dog's treatment, which I would imagine is nowhere near six million. No, but but, but is probably more than most middle class Americans can afford, um, at a university level for sure. Yeah, but great, great thing. The it's an awesome you know, story. Mr. I'm McNeil did. Super and... excited to watch it myself. So yeah, cool. Oh, you haven't seen it yet. You've seen the ad. Yes. Oh. Yeah. Wink, wink. Uh, <laughs> so, all right. Um, let's wrap it up and uh, go Chiefs is what I'm going to say here. Okay. Um, so make sure to check in next week as we discuss more in the news and in our industry. Follow us on Instagram at People, Pets, and Vets. Uh, make sure to follow all of our clinics on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out our blogs on our website at mygavet.com. Also, under resources on our website, you can listen to the podcast online. One more thing. Or find these podcasts anywhere you like to get them. So we did post a picture. Did we talk about posting the picture of pulling the teeth of the dog? We didn't, but we. I was going to mention it, that. Is so on Facebook. There's or? not a picture. There's videos. Video. So if you'd like to follow up with that stage four periodontal disease or dental disease, there is a video on Facebook at um, all of our locations actually. But the My Georgia Vet or Georgia Veterinary Associates is going to be where it's most it's easily a little graphic. accessible. Um, YouTube also. Yeah, so it just shows the you know the teeth coming out and the 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 little dog is under general anesthesia. I, I noted that uh, her eyes were open during the procedure. We actually put lubricant in the eyes to protect them, but I, I guarantee we're going to get some type of a message. You know, is the pet awake? Is is the pet alive? Right. Sure. So it, it's it's just kind of what we do here. So yeah. Um, so anyway. Um, so lastly, remember, without people, pets are simply animals. Okay, bye guys. Go Chiefs once again. <laughs>